everybody. It is Saturday morning. The sun is out. Literally, it's out. And it's shining on my face. As far as I can tell, there's no snow on the ground. Which is great. But I try not to look around too much. I try to just focus on the sun because you just, you really never know what you're going to see in this world if you look too far. These days. No, I'm just kidding. You guys know there's beauty to be found everywhere. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see that I literally found a tree trunk that had a ring that was in the shape of a heart. Well, it was cut down. So it was kind of sad because I was like, why are you cutting down that tree? That's so unnecessary. I imagine they might be putting in a pool or something. It's my neighbors, but they're new. And I, I don't know. I don't know their story. I don't know why they're cutting down trees. And I wish them all the love and happiness either way. But I really wish they wouldn't because one is a willow. Anyway, the one branch had like the a little heart in it. And... um. I don't know, and then I thought that maybe it was, like, a poisoned tree because the heart was, like, the way the rings were. Uh, So I figured maybe they had a good reason, and then I started to get sad again, and I'm like, hey, like, well, then you can't be so happy if the heart that you found is out of poison or sickness for the tree. And then I realized that everything is one and combined and so in sickness there can be love and there can be beauty and that's what I got from seeing that tree trunk on my walk so if you're in quarantine I definitely recommend you get outside somehow because it just sparks inspiration for me and hopefully can do the same for you but I wanted to be honest here and I thought it was a good time because the person I interviewed was also quite honest but uh now it's been about I think it's three weeks officially or four weeks I don't even know since I've been quarantining and um And I realized at some point this week, I think it was Monday, because I think this was like my third week. Yeah, this this has to be like the third week. Um, And then Monday I woke up and I felt like I, you know, woke up in the literal sense, but I also felt like in my brain I, I woke up in a sense. And this isn't a spiritual new age thing. (laughs) This has nothing to do with that. It actually has to do with PTSD. And I felt like this like feeling inside of me (laughs) that was quite complicated. Uh, And so I was happy in a way that I had woken up, but it's always a weird feeling when you do. And I recognize if you don't have PTSD, 
that it may be hard for you to understand what I mean. And in the spirit of my last episode, Maddie talking about some of her friends who have had PTSD, and in the spirit of the world, yeah, I I think there's a lot of PTSD going around, I figured I might just give a little insight on that, what that's like. I wanted to do it in such a way where I I don't really want to talk about my experiences and I think that's what's difficult about PTSD to begin with as far as talking about it because you know there's always going to be that lingering question whether people are brave enough to ask or not uh but you know there's always going to be the like well what led to that and a lot of times the people people don't want to talk about it because you know we we know and we, we know cuz it affects us every day so it's not really like it might be something that we'd share like in a midnight hour with somebody we really trust but it's not you know so I may share, you know, little tidbits here and there, but I don't like to go too much into it. I will say that there have just been periods of my life that have been high stress, and it may not have been overly traumatic, whereas I was a, you know, war soldier, but it was just high stress, and it was every day. And it was for long periods of time. And so that had happened, you know, when I was a kid. uh, But then it happened as a teenager and so on and so forth. So after a while, you kind of build up all this trauma. And you're like, I don't even know where it came from. I just know that certain things trigger me. And yeah, so when people use the word trigger, quite literally, they mean it. And that's what I really, really hope that my credibility is enough that I understand a lot of different walks of life and I don't discredit people for questioning the word trigger. You know, I don't really, I'm not in the favor of using the word snowflake because I think that's rude and we should be thriving for kinder times. But I do understand questioning words like trigger and safe spaces and all of that. I don't have an opinion either way on like that kind of thing because it is what it is and I don't really feel like personally in life I can have a safe space so I think it's more about creating that safe space within you rather than an environment but that's neither here nor there right now. What I really want to get to is that the word trigger (laughs) is quite literally there just may be a moment in time where you are affected by something and you you don't even realize it and so then you go into an episode and when I said earlier that I woke up on Monday it meant that I had been in a PTSD episode so I guess the first thing I could kind of share that was really traumatic for me that I don't mind sharing and I think this was collectively traumatic for everybody But that was when the World Trade Centers were attacked. And 
I was young. I was like in sixth grade and I remember various things about the day, uh, but the one thing I do remember is that my dad worked in York, Pennsylvania, and in my sixth grade mind, I thought it was New York, so I was like crying, and you know, he was a little bit late to pick me up, I think, and then that led to a whole thing, and you know, he was fine, but then I remember... You know, I remember just staring at the wall as a 10, 11-year-old and just staring at the wall and just thinking, like, like how I didn't realize so many people could die at once. Like, I just didn't, like, that idea had never really occurred to me. I didn't read enough history, or know enough history. I was in sixth grade, so it was, yeah. And that feeling is, I think, I think it speaks to the feeling that maybe some of us all have right now. And it's just, you know, we just didn't know. We didn't know that this could happen. And I think with PTSD and the things that bring it on, speaking specifically, not specifically, but typically for females, the things that bring on the PTSD as far as, you know, maybe relationships or uh, sexual abuse and, you know, I've had some of that and I think the I think the issue comes with afterwards with all like the questioning and you know you you just didn't know you just didn't know that that would happen right um so then when you get all the questions like later it's like well then people are kind of like well didn't you know like by going blah 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 like or by drinking this drink or wearing that blah whatever like didn't you know I don't know but don't you think I would if I knew I wouldn't have gone So it's rough. But anyway, it's the that's the truth of it. So there's a lot there. The reason why I wanted to bring it up, though, mainly, is because in the last few weeks, I have put out, like, a lot of podcast episodes, and I've done a lot of art, and I've done a lot of things that could, I guess, be perceived as positive, But then on Monday, I woke up and I was like, fuck, I think I've been in a PTSD episode. Like, I, because I just, it's this feeling you get, like, you wake up one day or, like, whatever, and then you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm back in my body. Like, I feel like I'm here again. Like, oh, I get it. Like, I can process things now. Like, this is kind of what happened. And, and so... Within the last few weeks, so much has happened on a lot of different levels. So we have, you know, personal levels, we have local levels, and we have global levels. 
We've been affected in ways either whether we know somebody who's been sick or we've been sick ourselves. We've lost a job or know somebody who has lost their job. Have uh, just, I mean, that you, you know it. You know it. You know, you know how you were affected on a personal level. I don't need to list it. And on a local level, it's been... You know, we can't shop in the places that we used to, or if we do, it has to be different, and we have to wear gloves, and we going out in public is now a little bit stressful, and we have to wear masks, and we don't we don't really know. We don't have a tape measure, so we don't know how far six feet is, but we know that that person is kind of close, but we also know they mean well. Our restaurants are closed. We are worried about getting water, our supplies. So, you know, it's our local, our government, our local government, how they're handling things, our community collectively. And then it's, you know, national, global. And that is the issue, which is pretty interesting because a lot of times when PTSD kind of occurs, it's at a personal level. And so this is a global level, so it's just, it's interesting. Um, But what it's like to be in an episode is, it's tough because you just don't know what is going to trigger you. And then once you're triggered, it's, you're in a different mindset. I try to describe it to people like a, like somebody flipped a switch and it's not bipolar and you know and i i said i feel like i said that in a snotty way like it's it, it's just a lot of times it can get mixed in like it could get confused with bipolar or borderline because it has a lot of those characteristics of being i guess in different mindsets whether high or low but I just, I really think that PTSD, and this is every single one of, you know, mental disorders that you can have, I, I just think it's its own beast. And so um, I don't really like the comparing, and I don't even really like diagnosis, other than it gives you information, and it gives you something that you can work with and you can learn about. So with PTSD go a little bit into uh, what kind of happened to me in Wisconsin. And I've spoken about that in previous episodes. And um, I actually gave a a TEDx talk recently about my experience there. I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. But I think it's pertinent to maybe understanding PTSD. I took a job with a tobacco company. I thought that it would help me with my student loan issue, and I have a lot of student loan debt. So I figured, like a friend in college had had a job with a company, and I saw the salary, and no, I didn't really want to sell cigarettes, but I figured... This is what I'll do to pay off my debt, and then I'll go about my life, which is, in hindsight, a uh, 
a very careless way of living, but I just didn't realize it at the time. I just didn't know. I was so worried. I was this young kid that saw really big bills coming in and had no way to pay them. So anyway, I got a really decent salary to move to Wisconsin. The territory that they offered me was in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and based on the research that I could do, it seemed very similar to Scranton as far as size and crime and the type of restaurants they had, and I I don't know, it felt okay, and then it was outside a city, Milwaukee, and I was like, yeah, why not? Um, What I didn't understand was that my, my... Territory was called <laughs> Wauwatosa, but uh, it was actually an inner city Milwaukee. And when I was there, I experienced a lot of different things that were triggering, I would say. And at that point, I didn't really understand that I had PTSD from things that had happened prior. So I had no diagnosis of that. And then uh, there was an incident in one of, you know, my stores that I was in because I had a, I was a tobacco sales rep. So I would go into these mom and pop shops in inner city Milwaukee, me, (laughs) little (laughs) be kind Scranton. And, you know, there would be guns on the counter and there there were some rough around the edges. The culture of the inner city is that you have your gun in plain sight so people know not to mess with you. And they don't know you from Adam. So they're not they're not thinking that necessarily I was gonna I wasn't necessarily a threat, but it's a whole different game, but without getting too much into that, this is just a Saturday morning chat with friends, but there was a time where there was an altercation in one of the gas stations that I was visiting, and people were threatening one another, and The owner put the security bars across the door and said that nobody was going to leave until the cops came. And then, fun fact about Milwaukee, (laughs) the cops don't come for like two to three hours, depending on what it is. So if you want to think about how everybody in the news is talking about COVID-19 and how you uh, people in different countries and sadly becoming in the United States, have to choose between who gets care and who doesn't because there's just too many people who need care. That is quite literally how it is in inner city Milwaukee because there is so much crime happening that law officials don't have and they don't have the power. So they have to pick and choose what is most important. And little altercation at the gas station over God knows what 
is not on the list. So people were just mainly pissed about that. And I, in my little mind, is just over there in the corner quite blown, knowing that there are guns everywhere. And it was very dramatic for me. It ended well. Nobody pulled out a gun. Eventually, everybody came to their senses, opened the doors. It was good. But it sent me into that PTSD episode, and then it just kept going. Um, and that's and that's what kind of happened. So for people who suffer from things like depersonalization, and what's the other one? Disassociation. Then you'll understand what I mean. And for those that don't, I'll try to un- explain that. So it, it's crazy because this is the these are the things we never talk about. And therefore, when you see somebody in the news who maybe has PTSD and lost it, nobody ever talks about that because it's so hidden and there's so many layers and it's hard to even understand them yourself, let alone explain them to others. And when you explain them to others, they're just like, no, I'm not buying that. But here we go. So disassociation is disassociation is disconnection and lack of continuity between thoughts, memories, surrounding actions, and identity. And right under this is actually post-traumatic stress disorder, so... Once I'm once I'm triggered, it's like I don't really know. Honestly, I don't I don't really know what I'm doing, and that's what's scary about PTSD. And that's why it breaks my heart when I hear that you know, like my last episode where they talked about the military and the lack of support for soldiers who come back and have PTSD because it's just so careless in every way not only is it inhumane to not care about these people who are suffering with PTSD but it's also doesn't make sense on a societal level because if we could handle some of these issues that we have then maybe we could prevent some of the bigger issues that we have like mass murder and I'm not linking uh, military soldiers PTSD with mass murders but I'm, I'm just trying to get at the underlying issue which is that there's a lot of uh, mental health problems so anyway So once I'm triggered, it's like I don't really know a lot of times because it's usually that there's something so big that has happened in my life that I can only concentrate on that thing. Uh, So in Milwaukee, it was that incident in the store. Recently, it is COVID-19, a global pandemic. When I was in Milwaukee, I didn't understand my diagnosis and I didn't have the proper coping tools at that time personally needed to handle such a thing. So I used drugs and alcohol to cope. I had had prescriptions of clonopin that 
I had just used regularly when I needed it for anxiety and then had a lot of them because I didn't use them a lot. And then once this had happened to me and I couldn't understand and I couldn't connect the dots and I didn't even feel like myself anymore. And I really can't describe to you how that feels. Um, It just, when you hear people talk about when they're in the middle of a traumatic situation, whether it's like a bad car accident or somebody is being raped and they speak about how they quite literally look, they feel like they're looking down on themselves. And I do believe that that is like the way that in my spiritual opinion, and you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to preach, but in my spiritual opinion, I believe that that is literally your soul protecting you from the traumatic thing that is happening. So your soul leaves your body for that moment. And afterwards, you know, we have these, we have PTSD because our souls don't really know how to recalibrate into our bodies. I don't know. That's neither here or there, but that's my beautiful way to look at it because it's something that I have dealt with in a really personal way. And once you do that, you kind of create your own viewpoints, I suppose. But what it's like to disassociate is just to be so lost, like you just don't remember who you are and you don't remember the things that you said make you happy and you can't relate to the people who you used to relate to and they definitely notice that and they react and then things get worse and it's just kind of this big snowball and a lot of times I would go to you know alcohol and drugs to I don't know, to just get away from this feeling of emptiness. And when you're disassociated, I guess it's kind of like always, you're always in fight or flight. So it's basically you always have that adrenaline pumping and you don't feel like you're in your right mind. So you don't know what actions you can take. And then if you mix in drugs and alcohol, it's just, it's a fucking shit show. And quite literally, it was for me. That's okay. (laughs) Really, it is, because I learned so much. And I, I, you know, I was fortunate to find some really great therapists who diagnosed me with PTSD and did therapy that was centered towards that and the greatest thing and I have to share this is that I would go to talk therapy once a week and I would go to PTSD therapy once a week and it was heavy uh and I was dealing with you know all this crazy inner city stuff at the same time in a state where I didn't know anyone and I didn't have anyone like that was close enough that I could even be like, hey, can you just come hug me? Like, I know that's ridiculous, but I just didn't. I was new. Or maybe if I did, I just didn't trust them enough, you know, so I don't know. It was a lonely time. It was crazy. But <laughs> then I get back home after all of it and I get word that my insurance company actually didn't cover it because I was going to uh 
two appointments a week and they only covered one. So there was like a bill of like $1,000. And at that time, I had scraped up everything I had even just to move out of the Milwaukee situation, which that's that's for another day. I had nothing. And I was like, whoa. They kept calling the therapist just to see how I was. And once I got the bill, I stopped answering because I'm like, I, I can't face them. Like, they helped me so much. And I didn't have, like, the bill. Like, I didn't have the money to pay the bill. And then uh, finally enough time had gone by and they had called. And I was like, you know, Monica, like, you should you should call them. And maybe you can set up a payment plan now because you're in a better spot and it's all good. So I answered, and they asked, like, so kindly just how everything was with me, like, very genuine. And then I was like, hey, I know that I got the bill, and I haven't paid, and I'm really sorry. And they were like, no, we wanted to call you to tell you that we're going to just put it pro bono. Uh, We know that you were going through so much, and don't worry about it. And so, yeah, I don't know. Talk about, like jetliner through the storm like people who are skeptical about therapy I really think that there can be so much to be said about therapy even this week I did a teleconference with my therapist and I'm like in my snotty way it's been like the first time since COVID kind of hit the U.S. and I was like there's no way that she can tell me anything that's gonna help and that's so snotty but it was just me being in my own head and I know if she hears this she would understand but then I was she was just so amazing and it was just like I I cried after because I was just like here's this person who literally is like she wants to show up during all of this and help others during all of this. And she's still, like, on her game. And, and it was just beautiful. So I really encouraged therapy. Okay, so back to the case at point. So when I was in Wisconsin, didn't really deal with it well. Then got some therapy, moved home, got more therapy, Learned a bit about myself, did some inner work. I really isolated for a bit to remove myself, just simply to remove myself from as many triggers as I could, just so I could get a sense of what my triggers even were. And that was tough because it was a lot of, you know, staying home when people were out and. I don't know. I feel like then there was this one day where something in my life happened. I was triggered by it. And then I realized two days had gone by. And usually it's like two weeks before I wake up because half the time I don't even know I'm gone. It's, It's a bizarre thing. But I woke up two days later, I guess. Because I called my sister, and my sister was like, hey, Monica, like, this would have normally taken you two weeks, and it only took you two days. And I will always remember that moment. I mean, it's kind of bringing me to tears now, because I was, like, so happy. Like, I was just like, yeah, like, that's so good, because I'm going to save so much time. 
and I'm not going to have to be lost in my head for two weeks doing crazy ass shit. I can wake up in other ways. And that's really beautiful. So uh, I unfortunately, I can't tell you the ways. I don't know. It's a level of understanding yourself and understanding that you're outside of yourself and realizing like to bring yourself back to awareness. And through, for me, it's through meditation and it's through prayer and it's through spirituality and a lot of and speaking to friends and just a lot of different collage of things that have taken me years to figure out. And I figured out through therapy and reading books and reading all this self-help help books that people made fun of me for but it doesn't matter because you know th- that's that's what happens and that's why resources are so important and which brings me to the matter at hand which is recently well I got sick a few weeks ago I had a friend that got sick I had a friend that got really sick and that was before we really knew much about COVID-19. And I was in contact for sure. And then I got sick. And that was just when this was all starting. But as many of you will probably know or find out, you know, there definitely are mild carriers. And I, I do feel, I don't know if I was one or not, but I read enough articles and, I realize that, you know, it's tough to kind of, like, look and stay informed, but I do feel like looking at news articles, or not news articles, I'm sorry, like, scientific journals I would look at um, just for symptoms and things to look at for COVID, but that, that, then I got sick, and then I felt like I had it or I didn't have it, and at that time, they weren't really testing, and my doctor was like, I think it's just the flu. If you can't breathe, call us, and um, it is what it is, and so I was really afraid, and, uh, you know, my symptoms were mild, but there were for there were probably two to three days where I was, I was really sick those days. I mean, all I did was sleep, and I felt really, you know, dizzy, and I had the fever spikes and I my breathing luckily wasn't too bad as long as I laid down straight on my back um but it wasn't like threatening like it was never like okay I need to go to the hospital because I can't breathe but either way whatever it was I felt like that coupled with the global sickness collective sickness and worry and panic and going into stores and I that did trigger me and I didn't realize it um until Monday when I woke up and I was like oh my god I finally feel like I can breathe I feel like I under I've been able to process things enough where I'm not in constant fight or flight I didn't feel like I was in fight or flight anymore. And for the last two weeks, I feel like I definitely have been. And that's why going into public is so difficult because you're just constantly in fight or flight. And so every little thing that goes wrong, you're like, ah. And that's how everybody feels. So I learned one of my coping mechanisms when I am in um, these episodes is to... to 
now I channel it into things like art and I guess podcasting. <laughs> because I just realized I'm funny. I'm like, wow, Maddie, you went a little crazy on the podcast. It's like, and I, it's not a bad thing. I'm happy about it. It's just I knew in my right mind, like, I am getting like a little obsessive about it. Like, I'm putting all of my energy of uncertainty into finding these interviews and blah, blah, blah. And like, I love doing it. It's a great thing. It's just, it's weird when you wake up and you're like, okay, whew, breathe a little so you kind of know what you're doing. Like, you're just on auto, you've been on autopilot. You've been just going from this thing to this thing to distract you. Like, now you can kind of take a breath and breathe. I'm happy that I dealt with it that way rather than the drugs and alcohol way in Wisconsin. So I'm not mad or upset or shameful. Although when I kind of woke up, I felt those things because I was like, oh my lord, I've been in an episode and I didn't even realize it and now I feel dumb and blah, blah, blah. But that's why it really kind of pays to be an artist because I have a new painting that's done. And I have these great conversations with people. And yeah, maybe I didn't feel like I was necessarily on my A game or in my right mind or like I was completely myself. But I know that those are memories that I will always have. And... I think with the current atmosphere in the world... I stay informed. Domestic abuse rate is up somehow. If the, it's the, I don't know how that works. People are scared. It's all over the place. It is what it is. This is what I have for you. Do the inner work. If the outside world seems chaotic, then it is. But you're not going to find peace there. So stop looking for it and look instead within. And that might mean something different for everybody, but I can certainly recommend some books, and I will, for sure. There's this one book, it's called Self-Therapy. I'll put the link to it in the show notes, but it basically teaches you kind of how to use to use meditation but then once you get into a meditative state and you're at your calm you're at your calmest then you can start to identify and recognize the different parts of yourself that you didn't maybe recognize were taking over so I guess an example would be uh, to, like, for me, I'll get into a meditative state and then I will, so so you basically, um, once you get into a meditative state, you you just kind of, like, take an assessment of your body, like, where do I feel this? Okay, I feel this in my chest, I can't breathe, and then I just really focus on my chest and I start to explore with my mind and you know this may sound crazy I don't really give a fuck um (laughs) but you know I start to explore with my mind like what 
what does this look like in my mind? And then, you know, the book will really explain it a lot better. And I'm not going to go into details because you can read the book yourself if you're interested. But it just teaches you to to see the to see the different layers of yourself and the different moods that you have, and to identify them, and to be able to work with them in such a way that they don't take over. And I think PTSD a lot is being triggered by something and having those other parts of us take over, those parts of us that were in traumatic situations that had to find survival, whether that was you in a war um, as a soldier or whether that was you in um, a domestic violence situation or a family situation where you were being abused and so and I'm not indicating any of this is true for me I'm just saying that these are all collectively personal in <laughs> like collectively a lot of us deal with it and personal levels and it's these parts of us that had had to take over for survival in those moments then get triggered by something now and they take over again, okay? I hope this is coming through because I am really trying my best and I'm digging. But I think once we can recognize these parts of ourselves, ourselves and we can learn how to get back into our true selves our calm state our centered balanced human state then we can prevent ourselves from being stuck in these episodes for however long that we are So yeah, my last conversation with Maddie broke my absolute heart when she told me two friends of hers in the military committed suicide. And I know it. I know it. I know it. It's so sad. Because there are resources. There are absolutely resources. EDMR. Self-therapy. This is all inner stuff. This is stuff you don't even have to leave your house for. You can do all of this during quarantine. I will put a list of books on here. But either way, I feel really fortunate in a lot of ways because I am able to articulate my thoughts in a way to explain these things and it's hard for me and my ego a lot of the times to do that because nobody wants to admit that they got stuck in a PTSD episode and took drugs and drank alcohol to deal with it and nobody wants to admit that ever but this is something that is an issue for a lot of people. I'm not alone. And so if you're out there, you are also not alone. Okay? If you need me to ever 
lend an ear, you can always send me an email at howwegetby.podcast at gmail.com. The music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this episode is by Joe Burke. His music can be found on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and he has a band camp. You can go over there and put in a few dollars for his hard work. If you're interested in being interviewed for the show, please send me an email. I would love to hear from you. I'm always accepting one-time donations for the cost of equipment and being able to reach out to new resources, get the word out there about the podcast. But the single best thing that you can do for the show is to simply share it or leave a review on Apple iTunes could be about anything, but it will help more people find the show. I really appreciate you tuning in. I feel incredibly vulnerable having shared that with you. I hope that it was relatable in some way. And I hope everybody stays healthy and as happy as they can during these trying times. I hope everyone stays safe. And I hope you have a good week. Mm-hmm.